What's up, crew? Welcome to episode 89. You know, I was just telling one of the listeners of this podcast this very story that I began this podcast as an experiment. And that experiment was, would it be valuable to me personally and others corporately if I were to begin a daily podcast that was three to five minutes long and really gave you metaphorically speaking, a daily multivitamin for your brain. Number one, could we get to episode 100? Number two, along the way, along the journey, would I not only find my voice, but also find a tribe who would self-select into and out of the same kind of values that are being really proclaimed, the kind of life stories that I think are worthy to live. And I am so very grateful that it seems as though that is happening. I just had Uh, a good friend of mine who I just recently met and I'm just really excited about furthering our relationship tell me that the podcast is something that he listens to daily has been beyond helpful and he was just encouraging me and was so helpful to know that anything I'm doing is making a contribution in someone else's life and so if you're listening you know who you are bro I appreciate you and now you're on the podcast sphere here You will remain nameless, but I appreciate you and thank you so much for letting me know how this has helped because I know that there's some others just like you and just like me that this could be helpful for. And today I wanted to get into, we're going to go deep. If y'all are ready to go deep, just tell me I'm ready to go deep with you, John. And when I say this, here's what I mean. For years in my life, I never read any books, right? The first time I actually read a book cover to cover was once I graduated college. Now I'm an avid reader. I'm reading four to six books a week and I love it. And one of the main principles I learned was that I was just lazy in my thinking. I was just a lazy moron young man. And one of the things that I've sought to really make a commitment is to not be immature or weak in my thinking. And oftentimes the way that you become strong, the same way that you become strong in the gym is you do the same thing, but for your brain, you lift weights. You engage in resistance and resistance is usually thinking on a very deep level and in a very particular kind of way. So it's got edges, it it, it has sharpness to it. And today I wanted to get into a little bit of the edginess of thinking. We're gonna talk about concepts. We're We're gonna go a little deeper here and we're gonna make a point, but here's how I wanna start. I wanna ask you a question and here's a question. Think of a time in your life where a goal was so compelling to you that it transformed your identity that it shifted some fundamental aspect of who you were as a person. But that thing that provided that that formative power was a desired future, a goal, an outcome. And it required that you actually morph into someone that you currently weren't. Think about that time in your life. And what exactly was it that took place? How do you how do you capture it? There's, there's a lot of, of truth to the fact that there's something powerful about naming something and being able to articulate it and then being able to use language in such a way that moves you and moves other people. It's the same thing that happens when you get a dog. First thing you do is you name it and then you train it to come. It's the same thing with language and being able to really make sense of the world and sense of your life that you live in. Today, we're going to talk about naming and we're going to give you some language 
so that you can essentially nudge and move yourself and other people through the language that you use because the language that you use is the most powerful thing. We don't have time to get into that. It's another episode, but it gets into really what we what we mean when we talk about uh, when psychologists talk about this word efficacy, which just simply means results that your your results are dependent on your resourcefulness that you can put towards your goals. And we talked about in the last episode that your resourcefulness that you can put towards your goals is dependent on your relationships. But your self-efficacy is really your ability to produce results. But one of the things that's begun to really get a lot more ink spilled in the psychological research is this title, this, this principle called prospection. And what prospection refers to is the bigger the future, the better the present in your life. I'll say it again, the bigger the future, the better the present. That the, the most powerful shaper of your present is your desired future. Whatever view you have of your future, this is what is shaping your present. And that's why the most powerful predictor in so many people's lives, I think, generally speaking, is of not your past, but your future. It's why Dan Sullivan says that the only way to make your present better is to make your future bigger. The more clear you are on your desired future, the more your present is shaped. Your goals, they shape your identity. They shape our identity. They determine who we are. It's why I asked that initial question. Tell me about a time where the outcome, excuse me, was so desirable that it shaped who you, you are. This is this is what futures, desired futures, can do. And it's also why clarity is so important. And please don't don't gloss over this. It, it's, it's why a guy named Robert Braut wrote that we are kept by our goal, not by obstacles, but by a clear path to lesser goals. In other words, here's the thing that's keeping you to your desired future. It's you're confused. And what you're confused by is other paths to lesser goals that are keeping you from the primary one, which is why clarity is so powerful. But clarity is so powerful because the future is a bigger and more powerful predictor of your present than your past is with one condition. And that condition is you associate yourself, you condition yourself, you practice future visioning. What a lot of people will call future pacing. But what you end up doing is that you you get so vitally and intimately connected to the future that you want that it's almost as if you're living in it now and your life now is catching up with the future that you already believe is true. And so I want to make that that claim here that based off of prospective, prospection, sorry, that your future is a bigger predictor of your present than your past is. It leaves us with the question, number one, is that true? I believe it is. You're more than welcome to poke holes in that. Just let me know. But two, let me ask you this. Do, can you think clearly enough in the future, six months to 12 months from now? And when you see your future self, when, when I see John 12 months from now, here's a key exercise to engage in. What is the John 12 months from now saying yes to that I'm currently saying no to? What is the John 12 months from now 
saying no to that I'm currently saying yes to? And what is the John 12 months from now that is saying, keep doing those things that you're doing? That is such a huge exercise to engage in. What are those things that you need to stop doing? What are those things that you need to start doing? I'll give you an example from my last time. I know this is a little bit longer. I'm eight, eight minutes and 18 seconds. But here's the things that I need to start doing that I know John 12 months from now would tell me to do. Number one, John, you need to, you need to change your gut. Whether you've got to go to a nutritionist, whether you've got to go to some medical professional, it's not okay here to be sick for as long as you have and have these same gut issues. You've got to figure this out. Second, John, you need to exercise at least five times a week. John, you need to prioritize sleep and in particular REM sleep and you need to track it. You need to be an absolute stickler over this. John, you need to count all calories because it's time to stop eating and being undisciplined in your consumption like you've been because it got you here, but it's not going to get you where you want to go. We've got to be more disciplined in your eating. Let's figure that out. Some things I need to stop doing. I need to stop consuming alcohol in the ways that I've done. I don't think in any way alcohol has mastery over me, but alcohol has, has become a part of my life in such a way that it's not really helping me make progress in the way that I want to and need to. And second is what I would call fat eating. Sometimes my cheat nights turn into love affairs <laughs> where what, what was a cheat meal turns into a cheat week. And I just can't do that kind of eating anymore. I'm 42 years old. I want to live a long life. I want to be here for my kids. And right now I'm 45 pounds overweight. I just posted a podcast to my future self six months from now. And it'll be interesting that you guys can hear it. One of the things I talk about is I'm going to be 190 pounds. Right now I'm 246.3 pounds as of this morning. I'm going to be 190 pounds in six months. And then um, the last thing is just eating mindlessly, consuming mindlessly. These are some of the things that I'm going to make an aim to do over the next six months. And then some of the things that I'm going to keep doing is my business development, my mindset training, my love of my wife and my kids. There's a number of other things, which are just some examples here for what your boy here is going to commit to. And I did this exercise that I'm encouraging you to do. In fact, I just led our team and doing the same thing, I would encourage you to do it. I think you'll be edified by it. So your future is a bigger predictor of your present than your past is if, if you connect with it. Number two, do that exercise. Start to dream out. Think six, 12 months. What do you need to start doing? What do you need to stop doing? And what do you need to keep doing? That's going to be helpful for you. Hopefully this exercise helps. That's all I got for you. Adios. Adios.